this guy is three minutes away from you know overcooking his chicken and being out of business the last yeah. thing he needs is for you to be sticking a little baby mic in his face today we had on nobody we wanted to do a little state of the union just matt and myself and we had a deep convo about the power of collaboration and how it helped land matt a 14.5 million dollar listing the importance of storytelling and marketing a few instagram tips for q2 and why you should never interview local restaurant owners again Uh, we're here. Uh, we got a great riveting episode for you today. We had a lot go on in the past couple months. Um, so we're just doing an episode, just the two of us, where it all began. Um, Eric likes to call it the State of the Union. That's right. Episode. That's what this is going to be called. Um, but it's been cool. We haven't talked, we've talked, but we haven't talked a bunch since your wedding. We're, you know, me, Byron, and Dan, we're all at the wedding. It was uh, it was nice to get the the boys together for a little yeah. wedding action. I mean, yeah. beautiful wedding! Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it was in Arizona, in Tucson, my hometown. It was nice to have you guys there. You guys represented my real estate friends, yeah. and I mean, did you guys even hang out during the wedding? Like during during the actual wedding, obviously, as the groom, you have no idea what's going on. And you basically just black out because of all of the, um, well, alcohol. No, you, you black out because of all of the uh, the adrenaline and just the engagement. You're just talking to so many different people. So I feel like you flew down to Canada and I saw you for like 20 seconds. No, I flew down to Arizona. That's I from Canada. From Canada, yes. Right. Um, yeah, I was with Byron a bunch. Dan was MIA half the night, but that's of course. Dan. You know, that's how it is. No, it was good. It was cool to like, I had never met Byron. So in person, right. which was cool. And it was just nice. The what the actual reception, no, the ceremony was incredible. I mean, the whole thing was incredible, but the ceremony was like, I told you this. I looked I looked over at Nikki, my wife, and I said, fucking way better than ours. <laughs> the probably worst thing you could ever say to your wife, but that's <laughs> that's very nice of you. Yeah, we, we had we had our friend do the ceremony. It was kind of like a roast sesh. In fact, I thought everybody was insulting me the entire wedding. The best man speech. Anytime anybody went up there, there was no like, yeah, but he's also a good guy. It was all just like, oh, dude, he had to crap his brains out on you know the the I-10 freeway. It was the just father like, of the bride speech. Yeah, everyone kind of shit on you. I know. All night. That was it was pretty ridiculous. Good, no, it yeah. was good. I mean, going to be honest, Tucson was a little, little skeptical when I got in. Little little rough around the edges yeah if you know what i mean um, yeah the, it's the dirty tea it's kind of like baghdad until you get into the foothills you know that's what i kept hearing and i was speaking with people at the wedding and a lot, i guess a lot of people at the wedding were from tucson and they're like oh no you're in like the worst part of arizona i was like right. oh i didn't it was beautiful like where you had the the wedding and everything but that from the airport about 15 minutes driving yeah. i was like where are we where are we going yeah, the the Uber drivers in Tucson too. They're uh, they're an interesting bunch. They <laughs> they are a lot different than you know like big big city drivers. I don't really know exactly how to put it in a kind way without being unbelievably insulting. But it's uh, yeah, I, I knew it was gonna be like a culture shock for people when they got there. But I, I think like what what we wanted to go with where we wanted to go with this like with the wedding 
and just because it was like such a good reset for me is leading up to it it was just like nonstop, you know content and shit and just a, an extreme focus on link clicks and emails and bam and everything and i finally just like stopped for two weeks and it was probably the most healthy thing you could do yeah um your honeymoon in thailand you're sending me some photos and i mean i don't know if we can bring some of these photos up um <laughs> but it i told you it looked like you found god whatever <laughs> god you were looking for you found it in thailand i couldn't yeah. believe what was going on there it looked beautiful but yeah uh, looked like you really found, found yourself there it was truly the happiest i've ever been i was 12 hours ahead of people so i had nobody reaching out to me and if they were it was just to say like hey how's it going or the wedding was fantastic so you don't have to deal with anybody in america and then also if you just tell people it's your honeymoon it's unlike any other vacation where they're not still like when you go on a normal vacation, everyone's mad at you because they're like, oh, you're on vacation. You should be working, right? Your clients are mad at you. The people that you do content with are mad at you. And you just kind of feel this like general anxiety. But for the first time, you know, in the last like eight years, basically since start, starting the BA, I just like turned off and it was just such a good reset. And I found God. You found God. And I mean, it, I guess it was nice because like, you also realize that the world didn't fall apart. Like your world didn't come crashing down when you took a step back. Yes, exactly. It's nice to know because you're always on that like hamster wheel. And I've been that way too. And I'm starting, and I think it almost gives you a different perspective on like all this shit, like the content and everything. Like don't kill yourself over it all the time. Like it's going to be there unless you get fucking, unless someone takes you get, your account down like they did last year to me but yeah, exactly you know or you mean? get stomped in the head by an elephant while you're in thailand <laughs> yeah but yeah you're right it's still there when you get back and also you realize that nobody cares also right like yeah. nobody was sitting there wondering like oh these posts look a little bit different or why isn't the broke agent posting like of course nobody cares like every real estate agent is going about their lives everybody is so in their own head that they're not wondering what's going on with other people most of the time, or maybe I'm just extremely selfish, but you know, you're not sitting there being like, Oh, that's a little strange. Like Eric must be, you know, in Thailand or something because he's gone a few days without uploading the same data and inspection joke. So what's going on here? Yeah. Well, have you heard that quote? I'm going to butcher this quote right now by that guy who wrote the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Oh no, it's not his quote. He said it somewhere though. It was, uh, <laughs> we might have to, uh, we might have to just cut this part out because I think I'm going to butcher it or not even remember it. But it's, uh, hold on. It's a good quote if I can if I can just get it up here. Um, you'll stop caring uh, what people think of you when you realize how seldomly they think of you or some shit. Yes. Not an exact quote, but. No, but I, I get the gist of it. And I always think that too, like, I don't know if it's my astrological sign. I don't necessarily believe in that. But as a Pisces and told me this is something to do with my personality after each interaction I have, I'm like judging it, right? Like if I'm at a party the, the day after I have insane anxiety and I'm always just wondering like, oh, did I just say something stupid to, you know, mad at the reception or something like that? You know, I'm just like overanalyzing every interaction. And then you always realize that no one, no one cares. Like no one's like, dude, did you see like Eric last night said the dumbest thing on earth to me? Like I've never even said that about someone else. Yeah. Uh, maybe, but well, you know well, no saying. one, 
no one kind of knows like you're so like hyper focused on little things that you're doing but no one even picks up on it and it's the right. same with like content and stuff like when you're doing a video and your hair is out of place like no one knows what your hair is supposed to look like anyways yeah very true it's all the same shit i keep bringing it back to content because yeah. like well, that's what we know we, that's what we do yeah, yeah. we just I brought the wedding a, immediately i said a speech i said a speech at the wedding and we were just talking about content yeah they're like, Eric, you want to thank anyone? I was like, yeah, I you do. know, and the Instagram algorithm has changed a little bit <laughs> since last time we all spoke. Since last time, you know, Uncle un- Uncle Billy saw me. So no, but it was it was really nice. It was I got to meet your family. Your family, all wonderful, amazing people. So it's, I remember Byron and I met your dad for the first time, and we both had the same reaction. We're like, that's Eric's dad. Like he's the nicest person of all time. Right. Just a wonderful, wonderful man. Well, I'm glad, glad you guys met. And I, I really appreciate you coming down for this. It's, it's not easy. I said this like right as you left, but you know, flying from Canada to attend a wedding where you basically know nobody. And I think it's awesome that like our friendship and this podcast and everything has blossomed for lack of better word, you know, into this, like all, all these relationships were made over clubhouse and instagram and just like you know us like posting those videos three years ago and then you were at my wedding you know like it's sick it's crazy what it yeah i know i remember our first i i feel like we should go back and find our first interactions and like post them yeah there's just there's just been so many dms and everything back and forth that would take like 40 minutes to scroll by but yeah i mean a, a, a lot's changed and and then i wanted to kick it to you also because you are having something incredible happen in your life right now where you're about to put up a 15 million dollar listing yeah so what's going on well yeah so what happened was i'll tell you the the whole story here eric yeah so i've been trying to get into a higher price point uh i started like my bread and butter was always like i guess seven 100k and then like when the when over covid all the prices went up and it was probably like 900 and then the last probably eight you know eight months to a year i've been uh, nine months to a year i've been doing like one five to two million has been like a good range for me and i'm always like trying to get to that next level anyways i've been doing a lot of that i had a big listing appointment for like three five and i thought i had it for sure and it was like really good. They love me. And then they message me and they're like, love everything you're doing. Great. You just, you don't have enough uh, luxury sales like in this price point. So we're going to go with this person. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Like I did it. Like I only have like two maybe in that range. I do a lot of buys in the higher end range, but not as many listings. Do you, do you um, respond to, do, do you respond back to that person and say, yeah, but because I haven't, like this is what Kevin said on our podcast. Like, even though I haven't had these luxury listings, that means I'm going to treat this, you know, a million times better than you know the agent yeah. you're probably giving it to, who has a million luxury listings and won't give a crap about this. Basically. I didn't because yeah. I do have a couple under my belt. Um, I think they just wanted like that, like listing after listing after listing after list, like to see, and that's fine. So then, anyways, I was like, "Fuck, I get it though." Like, I totally get it. And it's like, you just have to get those, you have to find those people who are willing to take a chance on you. Um, but that doesn't come when you're like, you're not working yourself and creating that opportunity for yourself. 
So I'd called Anna Oliver. She's like a big, big, uh, she's a boss here in Toronto. She's been doing this for like 20 years. Very, uh, does a ton of high end properties. And she's kind of known for like listing properties that not, that are really hard to sell and shit like that. So I called Anna and I was like pissed. And I was like, you know, like want to, uh, like I didn't get this and whatever. And then she was at a place where like, she was like wanting a change. And then we just like got to talking and we're like, well, you have like all this like luxury experience. You're super well-respected in that space. And then I have like a bunch of eyeballs and marketing and the social side of things. Like what if we like teamed up on some of these high end places and uh, like really like we just had everything. We had something for everybody. We're two very different people um, on paper. And I think it's, it was, it would be like a cool thing to do because we're so different where it's kind of unexpected. So we go in and like for those like creative minds or people who are more worried about like views and like things that you can actually like see, that's where I come in. And then the people who are worried about like, oh yeah, like the experience, the experience, we got that with Anna now and we got to talking and we're like, yeah, let's do like, let's set up like an informal kind of team. We're not going to, you know, it's not, we don't have like a team name and we're not like whatever, but like we're informally a formal team <laughs> and uh, we're not a four. Yeah. And we're just like, yeah, let's do it. And then uh, Anna had had this uh, property and she's bringing me on to co-list now. And now we're just going to be co-listing a bunch of these high-end properties together because we think in the luxury space, especially here, it's, it's very like kind of, cookie cutter copy and paste everyone's kind of doing the same thing and we think we have an opportunity to like really shake it up and take a, a larger share of the market did she bring you in during the listing presentation or did she bring you in like after she had the listing so no, she had it come in on this okay and then she was That's talking incredible. she was talking to uh the the uh sellers and she was like yeah like you know, I'm thinking about having this guy come in. Like he's got a lot of marketing and they apparently did thorough research on me, which is always horrifying. And then they were like, yeah, let's do it. We love it. And now, now it's time to prove ourselves. So we're going to be, uh, yeah, we've been talking like a ton and we're really excited about it. Um, and we're going to be, well, like we have a bunch of like higher end places coming out now and it's, it's going to be sick. I'm really stoked on it. Um, and even since then, like, even since I've been doing like little bits of promotion on, on this already. And last week I got a call from an agent for like a property. It's like one five, but still he's like, Hey, like I got my clients this couple of years ago. I'm no longer in resale. I only do pre-construction. I saw your marketing. I saw you're in like the higher price range. Do you want to like come out and, and, and list this for my client? So it's like, you know, if you do things right you can leverage it in, in any kind of way. And I started by just like getting a bunch of attention. And I knew, I always knew if I could just get a bunch of attention, there's a lot of like avenues I can take once I have that attention. It's such a brilliant route to go reaching out to the other agents because, you know, you've talked about before how you start conversations with your videos and then you're in the DMS and you're mostly talking, you're talking to other agents too, but you're talking to clients and trying to nurture those leads. And then you're trying to go on listing presentations and pitch the fact that you have 50,000 plus followers. And now 
you could reach out to all these agents that you have eyeballs on. You could reach out to them and be like, hey, j- you know, just what you did with Anna, I have a massive audience of people that are going to see this. Like, yeah. you know how many older agents in like Beverly Hills that were in my office at Hilton and Highland have had or have still like no video experience and know nothing about marketing, but they're so good at selling real estate and have all the connections that they're just waiting for like a younger agent to hit them up and say, Hey, I'll take on like the marketing. I'm going to put a real funny, clever twist on this video. I'm going to get it eyeballs. I'm going to show you how to post it to Instagram. Like that's a a real, you know, powerful thing you have going on. And it's awesome that it's resulted in ultra, ultra luxury. Like this is, you know, 15 million or whatever this is coming out of like 14, five, 14, five. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean that, and that's the thing, like, She's with the agency, obviously. And like at some point you gotta like realize that like some people have, you know, more strength in an area than you do. So it's like, I don't know, like I can never get that 20 years of experience that Anna has. So like why don't we like play to each other's strengths a little bit? And uh that's why I reached out and she like she was always saying, like, you reach out at the perfect time because I was really like wanting to shake things up and change some things. And like, I'm really excited about the partnership. And I think a lot of agents um, just never ask for help or never want, like they want to do it themselves always. And they want to be the, like the center of attention all the time. But it's like, you know, we were talking, we had some long conversations. Like this is a really cool opportunity for our clients as well. Like we're really covering all the bases here. And we're excited about it. This is just going to put you into a different like stratosphere too, because a lot of like the knock that you've even said about yourself is like, all right, I'm just, I'm the funny guy on Instagram. I mean, you never obviously pigeonhole yourself to that, but a lot of people are probably wondering like, all right, well, great. He's making videos, but now that they're going to see a 15, 14 and a half million dollar listing, like that just proves that everything that you've been working towards and collecting these eyeballs and this audience and doing all these funny videos and the way you've interacted with people, it's like really, really going to explode your real estate career, which is ultimately the goal of all this. I know we have goals outside of real estate in terms of like content creation and everything, but you know, you are a realtor with the agency and you're crushing it and you're about to have a listing that nobody, you know, 0.001% of the real estate population ever gets. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And like, I'm going to be doing some, I was telling you, like, it's not even all going to be like funny content either. I'm still going to keep that obviously. Cause I love to do that, but I have some ideas that are like just super creative and I'm just excited to see how it translates into these like really high end homes. Um, yeah. because I've done, you know, I've done some pretty cool listing videos and I've done some in some pretty cool like luxury homes as well. But nothing ever like like this that i have coming up or you know that we have coming up or the stuff that's in the pipeline like i'm really excited to like showcase a different side of me in general just like to show that guy do you remember that rudy guy from vine rudy mancuso Man, i think yeah mm-hmm. he did a really good job like he was just doing all skits and funny but what he really wanted to do, do was be a musician and a piano player and he's completely transitioned that now where he does like way more of what he wants to do not that like i don't want to do the funny stuff i love doing the funny stuff but 
I'm just excited to pepper in some like new shit. And I think it's going to yeah. be more exciting when I post and everything. Cause you never know what you're going to get now. Right now, you know, pretty much when I'm posting, it's 95% likely it's going to be like a funny video. Yeah. Well, you have started peppering new stuff also, like, you know, podcast clips of you on the blueprint with James and David or clips from your, your speaking gig. So I think people have started to see the evolution of the brand and, you know, it's, you, you do kind of get like audience feedback where you get in the feedback loop, loop of only wanting to post what your audience likes. But, you know, as you've seen the engagement on your other posts, like it seems like people are very supportive of everything that they're seeing going on. And I think people are going to see a different side of you in terms of the storytelling you're going to be able to do with these properties. And like you said, even if it's not funny, just the way you go about filming, because I've seen you like when I went to Canada and we were doing that stuff for the course and the way you interact with, um, you know, the camera guy, the audio guy, like, you know, the different angles and when you need to like refilm something like that creative, you know, muscle that you've developed is really going to help sell these listings. And I think you could come up with some super creative, fun out of the box shit for these listings that isn't laugh out loud funny, but it's like just the story itself is funny or just like the way you enter the property is funny, you know, yeah. but it's not taking away from the luxury experience, but it, it still like has that Leonetti, um, you know, DNA to it. Yeah. It's like, uh, how jo <laughs> I'm not even going to say that cause I'm not going to compare myself to him, but, uh, yeah. Were you going to say Michael Jordan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, I wasn't going to say Michael Jordan. Who are you going to say? Crazy. I was going to say, and I'm not, comp lately, I don't know what it is, but people are jumping down my throat forever. I don't know if you're seeing more of this, but like if I say something wrong or lately on my clothes, have you noticed this in any of the stuff we've posted together? People are no. just on me for my outfits, which I think are all tens. Well, you have but been wearing, you know, sunglasses and hats and kind of, you know, different, that's different right. outfits. So uh, yeah, I went to LA you know, for kinda, two days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have like these aviators, like you were Ruben in Ocean's Eleven. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Someone actually said that. <laughs> you look like like an 80 year old Jewish guy. Yeah, I like it. Those are my yeah. main glasses too. I wore those on showings yesterday. They were blown away. Those are Jacques <laughs> Marie Maj glasses. Jacques Marie Maj. Look them up. Look them up. Um. Anyways, what I was gonna say is Jordan Peele. How he completely like 180 to from comedy to like horror films. Yeah. It was cool to see. I'm not comparing myself to Jordan Peele because he's Jordan Peele. Yeah. Jordan Peele's a, a little bit better comparison. I thought you were going to say Michael Jordan. Glenda Baker calls herself the Michael Jordan of real estate. So I thought right. we were going to have two. And I was oh, like, yeah. it's a little no, too much. I, I feel like one. I'd be more like, uh, who do you think I'd be of real estate? Who would you be of real estate? I think you'd be the Larry David of real estate. <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. I think Zach Goldsmith is the Larry David of real estate. Yeah, Zach Goldsmith is complete. That guy is just if you guys, so funny. That episode didn't get as many eyeballs as I wanted. If you are listening to this episode right now, when you're finished, go watch the Zach Goldsmith podcast we did on, on Overask. <laughs> it's one of the best interviews this guy is hilarious. He's like an impressionist. He's extremely yeah. charismatic. He basically conducted the entire interview himself, <laughs> but he talks a lot about what we're talking about right now, how he infuses humor and in his personality just in listing presentations, not necessarily as content, which he's finally getting into, but that was a super interesting yeah. conversation.
That was, yeah. but back, back to um, the listings and like you were saying, like telling a story, I think more of us have to work on that because there's that line that Sirhan says, you know, facts tell stories sell, which I really like that line. And I think that there's so much truth to it. Um, and I just feel like now in 2023, and I said this somewhere the other day, but if you have the audacity to get in front of a camera in front of a house that you're promoting, you better be doing something or saying something that someone can't read on an MLS sheet. You know what yep. I mean? This house has hardwood floors. Thanks. You know, now yeah. what? Everyone stop for a second. This market is a little bit tighter than it has been in the past few years, which means leads are not necessarily banging down the door. But you know who isn't worried right now? Agents who use Boomtown, the number one rated real estate CRM in the game. That's right. Boomtown it was actually founded in 2008, Eric. Do you know that? Yeah, the same year the Phillies won the World Series against the Rays. How could I forget? I'll take your word for it. Uh, in the middle of a housing crisis, their CEO, Greer Allen, built it yeah. from the ground up with Legend. the explicit intention of empowering agents to be successful no matter the market. So if you're ready to build a truly bulletproof business, visit boomtownroi.com slash overass. Plus, see how you can score 750 big ones in free digital advertising. That's boomtownroi.com slash overass. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. If you're just reading the property description during your property tour, people are going to tune out immediately. You, you need to apply almost Instagram-esque like skills to your listing videos, even if it's three or four minutes, like you still need the good hook. You still need to retain retention or attention throughout the entire video. And you still need a good call to action. You still need to be moving around. Like I, I saw this one, we were doing Instagram audits and the coffee and contracts Facebook group yesterday. And we were looking at one lady's profile. And one of her things was like, Hey, come inside to my new listing at 1453 rock street. And then for 15 seconds, the camera's just following her as she's walking through. And then she's like, okay, now here we have granite countertops. And, you know, the video was, was honestly a, a good video in the sense that it, like it was well-developed, it was well-produced, it was like a cool listing, but you just lose attention immediately. There's no storytelling. There's nothing interesting going on about that. So no, hopefully people been, apply these to, to their actual listing videos. Yeah, I've been so much like, I've been reading into that so much more too just like what makes like these big brands that i like like what makes them why do people like them and i always go back to like i love watches and like rolex even if you don't like watches like you don't know anything about watches but you know what a rolex is correct you know and it's just like and i was thinking about it it's like you know rolex isn't rolex because they sell the most watches because they don't they're not Rolex because they make the best watch because they don't. They're Rolex because they tell the best story in their marketing. That's all it is. Like yeah. they make you want their watch. There's a wait list on their watches to the point where like when they call you, they make you feel special to go into the store and buy a $15,000 watch from them. I don't even know anything about Rolex, but I know that at some point when I reach some level of, of success, I do want a Rolex just because I feel like it's, yeah. you know, it, it's a, a symbol of like, hey, I've actually achieved something. I mean, maybe 
Yeah, I, I I told Dan that like once once Bam like really takes off, one of the first things I want is an actual watch, and I'm not wearing. You should probably get yeah. one now, though. Why? You've done enough. I think you've done enough. Yeah. You've done enough, my son. <laughs> um, is it yeah. time to retire? <laughs> but I don't know. I just like lately, I've been seeing a lot of content. And I don't know if I think you're certainly to blame for it mm-hmm. in, a, in a good and bad way. Um, but there's just so much of this like comedy shit and I'll call it shit because there's, there's no end goal to it. Like some of the stuff I'm seeing now, it's like, I don't know. I, sometimes I see it. And I'm like, is that how people see me? Like I've always wanted to like, I don't know. A lot of it's very corny and it's just like, how, I don't know. What do you think? I think like, I, I agree with you. I think that the new route, like you said, the storytelling route, um, like a Brad McCollum, for example, does such a fantastic job at it and his listing videos, his listing videos aren't funny. He's actually a hilarious person. If you've ever talked to him um, in person and, and during his speeches and everything, but like the cocktail hour, you, you, everybody should check this out on YouTube too. If you go to the cocktail hour, it's a listing video he did. And you just feel like you're at the party the entire time. And it's just the way he tells the story. And then there's another one of a French lady walking through his listing and singing. And, you know, we had him on the podcast and talked about it too. But like that to me is so much more entertaining than just getting a couple laughs from a couple videos. But, you know, I mean, people, people do know that comedy still sells. So I understand why there's, you know, this enormous amount of funny humor funny content being produced if it's funny though right when you're not funny it doesn't do anything it may it it it, it, i think devalues you and does does more harm than good did you see this new guy steven diaz oh is that the rapper yeah yeah that guy's good he's really good he's really good that's the thing (laughs) this is the problem with it though like and he's really good and i think what he's doing is awesome but to me, and I think it comes from like trying to be funny though. To me, it's like you're you're almost too good. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's almost so good that he shouldn't be doing it just in real estate. Is yeah, the it, thing. It, that's like, what I mean. Like when but, I do my like Eminem rap, it's like, oh yeah, you're like kind of good, but like you're not like too good that you should like have a whole album. But he's not even so. Your Eminem rap is also supposed to be funny because you're saying funny things. Yeah. His aren't necessarily funny. Like, you know, he'll dress as Bun B or, or Dr. Dre or whatever. But like the actual lyrics and everything are so incredible. And they're so specific about real estate that it's not like it, there's no like humor aspect to it necessarily. Right. It's just and, and I, I think I think he's going to be able to leverage this audience because he's at he went from like 2000 followers to 35 yeah. in a span of like a month, month and a half. And people are using his audios like agents are using his audios and like lip syncing to them or just having it on in the background is like real estate theme songs basically. And I think he's going to be able to use that audience and maybe actually start a music career from this if he doesn't have it already. That's that's yeah, I think. And that's exactly, I'm looking at, at it from a funny lens, but it's not supposed to be funny. He's very good. And like his lyrics are, are really, really good. And um, I've, I've seen some people use his audio and stuff and yeah, I think he should just literally just have, like, he's good to be like a professional rapper. 
Yeah. Like, he like he's also doing he's also doing funny videos as well. So he's kind of he's mixing it up a little bit. But it, it will be interesting to see like what this does to his real estate career. I'm sure it's definitely helped from just an agent to agent referral standpoint. But yeah. you know, does does a a seller want a real estate rap video for their listing? You know, like same with you. Like does the fifteen million dollar seller want you to do something funny? Probably not. It's more about the storytelling. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he utilizes this skill set to, you know, up his price point. Yeah. I'm excited. We, we should, should have, have him, him on. on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, yeah. See what, what happens with him. I think it's also like my stance on beat. Cause we've talked about this, like being almost too good, but I think that's maybe more for like singing, like singing parodies. If you're like too good of a singer, it's like okay like come on you know it's like yeah you should just be singing yeah just just go sing the rapping is like i don't know it feels more like because there's like freestyle and stuff it feels like it's less effort which makes it Mm -hmm. which he i'm sure he is works very hard but i mean at the same time he's so good that he probably you know can just come up with that have you seen that harry mack guy on tiktok he just like freestyles all the time i've had enough of that harry mack guy that guy's he's incredible a, he, though. He's a great freestyler. He's just been doing this gimmick for 10, 15 years. <laughs> I've seen him like I was one of the original followers of Harry Mack on YouTube and stuff. And now he's he's got to be like late 30s or something. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like he's he doesn't come out with any sick songs. It's just like he goes up to people on the Venice boardwalk and it's like, <laughs> you know, throw a couple words at me. And then he does the same thing over and over, or he's doing it on like Omegle or Comingle, whatever the hell yeah, that like dreaming yeah. platform is. And he's yeah. good, yeah, but his voice isn't that good. And I don't want to listen to his music. How many times can I see the guy freestyle? I'm done with him. I know, yeah. I'm out on Harry Mack. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. He's like, yo, give me some words. It's like, get away yeah. from me, you creep. Yeah, dude, he's shut like, yo, up. creep, creep in the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beep, beep. <laughs> it's like, we get it. We know you could freestyle. We've seen it now. Yeah. Like, now put out an LP or something. <laughs> yeah. Enough's no, enough. but that that other that other rapper guy, he's definitely the best rapper in real estate. Yeah, I'd say Steven Steven Diaz. Yeah, that guy's good. legend. That yeah. guy's really good. Um, but some of the other parodies, I'm just like, okay, uh, what is this doing? But you know, maybe it is doing something. Like I always say, what do we know, right? We're you know, if it works for them, it works for them. We're just giving opinions. Speaking of giving opinions. I wanted to get into the final segment of this podcast, which is the current state of Instagram in Q2. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on posting frequency and kind of what you're seeing. And then I'll uh, I'll let you know what I'm thinking. Uh, Posting frequency. I think we have to post less than more right now. I think everyone's been like pounding like, yeah, post five times a day, all that shit. I think it's got to be less. Um, I've been seeing a lot of, my stories were doing so bad for so long and now they're really picking up again. Um, so I post like once, maybe twice a week. And then I like, I've been doing more and more stories. And like, we've always said, like I've been just using more of the app. So I've been doing lives every week. I think you get like rewarded for that. Yeah. What are you talking about in the lives? I just, I just read comments. Yeah. Literally. And I just like talk about, yeah, like today I'm doing this. And people like, you know, whatever. And then they make fun of my outfits and then I get mad and I leave. Yeah. It helps to have a, a peacocky outfit for a live 
So it starts conversation. I feel like most realtors are like, they're not going to get a ton of comments rolling in for their lives. So you kind of have to have like a pre-planned topic. Yeah. Well, you can too. And that's probably better because then you can actually name the live something. And if people are interested, then yeah. Like even if it's just like you have, you know, half an hour before you got to go out on appointments, be like, yeah, this is my day to day. Um, you know, I'm going to be doing this and this is going to be a struggle. You just like be real with people. Yeah. Yeah. I've pretty much done zero lives by myself unless we're like promoting uh, a debate or something like that. But maybe we should, we should do one of those award shows again. Those were kind of fun. Yeah. If you're just tuning into us now, Matt, Dan, and myself used to do like real estate quiz shows basically. Well, we did like two of them, but we would write a bunch of, we would pull people up on live and then give them like general real estate questions to see if they could answer or like sports questions or movie questions. And the average realtor had no idea. Huh? It was, it was stressful. (laughs) And the average realtor had no idea how to answer the actual real estate questions. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. It was good. It was engaging. Like it was something, I think it was at the tail end of COVID. Yeah. And it was just something to do really. And then we were like giving away prizes and that guy (laughs) won whatever some gift card and dan was supposed mm-hmm. to send it to him and just of never course. sent it yeah yeah he's like i sent it to him i sent it to him it's just <laughs> like dude the guy's messaged us like 10 times he's like five five thousand dollars he's he's done it's fine <laughs> dan and i got into a, a crazy heated debate at the bar at your wedding about what we are bringing ev- all the guests in all mm-hmm. the guests in on this because everyone was like oh where you're from where are you from and dan was like i'm from new york i'm from new york i'm from new york and then i was like guys he's from long island like you know don't say you're from new york you're from long island right and he's like well what do you mean you say you're from toronto and you're from he i'm from bowmanville he calls it bowiesville (laughs) but my my point is that everyone knows what long island is in America. No. Really? Probably. I said, yeah, I mean, most people know what Long Island is in America. But I, I see why you would say Toronto if you're from Bowmanville, because right. no one in America would know about Toronto or know about Bowmanville. He's he's talking like he's from New York City. He's from Long Island. Yeah. Well, have you ever met Danny Deals? The guy likes to <laughs> you know, put on a show. He likes to he embellish was so a little mad. bit. He was so mad. And yeah. Byron was on my side, and he was just heated the whole night about it yeah and and that's let us know in the comments would you if you're from long island if you if someone was introducing themselves from long island would you want them to say i'm from new york or would you know what they meant if they said i'm from long island i say toronto because no one on earth knows what bowenville is unless you're within like half an hour of it and by the way i stayed at toronto when i visited you and it's only like a 30 minute drive that wasn't even bowenville that was ajax Oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah. See, whatever we so, filmed. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Um, did we cover everything? I think so. I got a, I got a couple of tips, I guess. Okay, sweet. End it with a little, little value here. I agree with Matt that less posting, maybe not necessarily like less in the feed, but maybe three Instagram stories instead of 15, like I was preaching a couple of years ago. I've noticed just way more engagement the less I've posted because I don't know if it's because of the oversaturation or because Instagram rewards you when you step away, they want to suck you back in. So I've definitely seen that. And then I've noticed a huge decrease in general, just in, in real engagement. And what I've seen a lot of accounts doing 
like House of Highlights, ESPN, Complex, No Jumper, uh, like any sort of reels, like news Instagram, instead of just posting the reel, they're posting a cover photo and turning it into a carousel post. So it'll be like, you know, millennials are focusing on buying homes for their dogs instead of their partner. And then it'll cut to the clip of what's actually being said. So I think that's an interesting strategy people should start using. We're going to start implementing that in our BAM clips, but then you don't really have to worry about is the hook that good? Like we should do this with some of our over asked clips where it'll say like, you know, Kevin talks about the seven equities and then you swipe as opposed to it's like you're jumping in the conversation. Have you seen these? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a good idea. You have to grab their attention in some way. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, right now. And the carousels are crushing. Yeah. Well, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> carousels. Uh, yeah, carousels. Carousel posts. Um, yeah, no, that's really good. I think people, I think the moral of the story is you've got to just kind of experiment, shake it up a little bit um see what's working for you and i think it's going to be different for every page too so my reels are doing okay but when i post something because i post so many reels when i post something like a photo or a carousel post it crushes yeah so maybe if you're doing a lot of photos maybe you do still do a reel mixing it up is ideal there was also a video trend report that just came out that said 69 percent of video consumers would rather the actual like presenter the video or the the creator be authentic as opposed to that video having good quality so i mentioned this on the walkthrough last week but you see a ton of agents who have the studio have the captions popping up but you could feel that it's so forced or they just know like hey i'm trying to make video so they're reading off a script and they're doing that like you know same education style instagram reel but Users understand, like viewers understand, like, okay, this isn't like a real piece of content being thrown at me. This is literally just content to be content. So that's why like yeah. the video of you in your car, that, you know, outperforms something with the captions popping up that feels, you know, super like formulaic. Right. Word. Um, I don't, I'm not sure actually. And I, there was another poll, 99% of people don't want to see you interview restaurant owners. This is something that I am <laughs> heated about. I sent Matt this this uh, restaurant interview, Hello. and it was one of the most <laughs> awkward things I've ever seen in my life. And I, I don't know if we, we've said it here, but do not interview restaurant owners. It is a complete and utter waste of time. The restaurant owner does not want to be interviewed. They don't want to collab <laughs> with you on Instagram so they could get an extra 50 people. Yeah. You're not going to get that romantic Italian uh, you know, wine, you're sitting there, the guy's telling the most incredible story, you're going to get a clip. It's going to be the most awkward thing. You're standing there with your little baby mic. Yeah. No one wants to hear yeah. this. Dude, like if you like, this guy is three minutes away from, you know, overcooking his chicken and being out of business. The last yeah. thing he needs is for you to be sticking a little baby mic in his face. For a real estate agent. <laughs> yeah. For a realtor, just trying to get content. Like I know it's like, Hey, we're going to promote your restaurant. But just go, just go green screen mode. Just don't go to the restaurant. Yeah. Like, why do you have to go, you know, interrupt a chef's day? I mean, I know you can schedule it, but it, well, it's just, I, I've seen so many of these that are so uncomfortable and they're so long and they're so pointless 
and I don't see what the the viewer gets out of there. They're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to go to that restaurant now or, oh, like, I'm so glad this realtor showed me this. Like, go green screen mode and just, like, review the restaurant. Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't really, like, even if they see it and they're like, oh, I'm going to go try out that restaurant. What does it do for the realtor? <laughs> like, I mean, besides, <laughs> it's a, another piece of content to stay top of mind, I guess. But I guess. If you if you want to interview restaurant owners, like I I've said this before, it better be Gordon Ramsay or Bo- Bobby Flay. Yeah, agreed. No one, you know, that's it. Only those two. Oh, it's got to be someone with an accent. You know, it just it's right. it sounds better. Like if you're just interviewing some some normal chef of of a, some chicken restaurant down the street, I don't think that's going to be as entertaining. But if you do have the Italian guy that's been there for 40 years and knows the neighborhood, then, then I get it. But the chances of that happening are basically non-existent. Yeah. And if you are going to do it, just so if you do really want to do this for some reason, do a little background, like go in there and like, see if they'll be good on camera. Yeah. Some of these are just like so dry. Yeah. I want to the- tear my eyes out. The chef is just looking there like the chef has never been on camera is wondering why this this agent is sticking this thing in his face, just asking questions. It's something some at some point at a real estate conference eight years ago, someone said this and every single guru and coach and anybody has just been regurgitating this point to say, like, go interview local restaurant owners. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. With that being said, my new series is coming out, Matt's Takeout, and I'm going to be interviewing all the best takeout joints in my town. <laughs> we were saying we got to do a parody of one of these. We will. Of the chef, you know, punching us in the face or just asking why we're there or it just being the most awkward interaction known to mankind. <laughs> it's a very specific video because only real estate agents understand the go interview. <laughs> local restaurant owners but i've said this before this is the one thing byron says that i i have said this is not what anybody should do i agree with you know 95 percent of his takes but the local business owner the local restaurant owner the person that's been in the neighborhood 60 50 years that conversation is not going to be good <laughs> imagine you're just interviewing them <laughs> Just everyone who's eating at the restaurant just starts coming out projectile. Yeah. Or they're like, hey, where's my food? Yeah. What's going on here? Why is this realtor <laughs> taking up all your time? It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah I've been waiting on my steak for 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. This guy's done like 15 takes, <laughs> this realtor. And also you can't do multiple takes with the chef. So if you if you fuck up your interview questions, it looks awkward. Yeah, it's not good. There's there's really no good that can come of it. I'd love to hear in the comments if you've actually gotten business from it. Because again, these are opinions. But I've never heard of uh, the real estate agent who's killing it by, you know, getting all their business from doing restaurant interviews. Like I, I get the idea of promoting restaurants. You know, here here's a fifty dollar gift card to Vivace. You know, here's twenty five dollars to Rosty. Get you know, I'll give it away if you guess the the price of this listing or something like that, or just yeah. promoting restaurants or saying, hey, this listing that I have is right near this restaurant, which happens to be incredible. Here's an interview with a chef. You don't have to take it that far. Just just you know, show where you're at. Yeah, or if like you can maybe like 
you know, at your open house, cater the local restaurant, something like that. Um, you know, wine and cheese, a set, a nice seven to nine open house, cater it from the beautiful restaurant, the best restaurant that everyone loves in the neighborhood that gets them. That does more for the restaurant and for you than you sitting there being like, so when were you in business? And then they go, well, it's on the fucking sign established yeah. 1937. But <laughs> if you really want to know, uh, yeah, my dad opened this and uh, now I'm here and I hate my job. Exactly. I know the exact video you're referencing too. I think it was 1936. So here are our, our final rules. No, re- no interviews with local restaurant owners and post less. How about that? Yeah, just do less. Yep. Do less is more. All right. Well, folks, with that being said, and like I said, if you've done something where like the restaurant, you're sitting there right now and you're like, no, it works. It works. It actually works. We want to hear it. It, In fact, if it works more than three times, if you've gone more than three listings from restaurants that you can prove, we'll have you on the show. Yeah. We need to hear from you. Yeah. We need to hear from these people. (laughs) Yeah. I'm serious about that. So let us know and uh, we'll, we'll hook that up. But it's got to be real and you got to show us. Anyways, folks, thanks so much. This was fun. This is fun catching up. Fun catching up. Throw this video a like. Make sure you're subbed to the channel. Review the podcast. And uh, next week we got Monica Church on. She is a real estate agent up in Seattle. She's got over 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube. That will be a fire episode. So make sure you are subscribed.